0: Precious God, we place ourselves at the foot of your altar. We're so thankful that your spirit is already here. I ask for an extra portion to be poured out and that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, my rock and my redeemer. Let us all leave blessed today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Working out requires personal commitment. Am I right? So having a little bit of social interaction or social motivation really helps. How many of you are part of a a type of club? Like, say you go to a CrossFit gym or you have a, awesome, you have a buddy you go running with. Maybe you go to jujitsu. Maybe you have time, uh, you go to any kind of club, any kind of gym, right? You have this involvement with a buddy and it makes you wanna go back. Well, my husband and I, we made it a goal. We're like, we really, really wanna be able to have a gym in our garage. So we're like starting to gather up equipment and we got some friends to come to work out and so far as we've been gathering equipment, we realize it gets pretty expensive. So we're like, man, those giveaways are where it's at. Giveaways and, and uh, you know, discounted things. We'll do the trick. We don't need any fancy equipment. I mean, and so far, let me tell you what, we've gathered, um, we've gathered a power rack. We've gathered some battle ropes and cables and rings. Makes me wanna come work out with us, doesn't it? I'll give you the info after. And so we're always on the hunt. And, uh, you know, we'll go and find stuff, and we'll go to people's houses and pick it up. And oftentimes what happens is, you know, people, if it's free, they'll leave it at the door, and I'll just kind of grab it and be like, cool, you know, thanks, I'll send them a message later. Or, or it's a really short, curt interaction. You know, it's just like, man, I appreciate it, have a nice day. And they're just like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> right? Kind of be kind of be uncomfortable, but yesterday, you guys, was a good day. It was such a good day, and let me tell you why. I went to pick up a cool find, some weights, and uh, I pull up into this neighborhood. And I noticed that the house that I'm heading to has a for sale sign on it. So I was, you know, kind of noted that in the back of my mind. Thought, oh, this is interesting. And as I went up to the front door this sweet older lady who was in great shape opened up and is like, hope you can carry this, it's pretty heavy. You know, this big bag of weights. Like, man, I'm just so grateful. And she's like, yeah, you know, I go to the rec center all the time and I just don't really need him at home anymore. And so she, you know, she doesn't just hand him off to me and leave. She's like, let me help you take him to the car. So she comes out with me and as we're walking, she's chatting with me. And what I hear is not just conversation, what I hear coming from her are like these little subtle hints of like, I really, I really wanna to talk to someone. I, I, I really, I, f- I feel like I want to make a connection with you. And so um, we're chatting and I find out they're moving to Montrose. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty far away. And you know, she's like, yeah, my, my daughter, she has throat cancer and they're only an hour from there, and my granddaughter's with her, and so it's great motivation, we'll be closer, and you know, it'd just, it just be such a great thing to do. As we go on, she talks about how her and her husband used to travel to Honduras. I was like, oh, my husband used to go to Honduras on mission trips when he was a kid, not knowing if she was Christian, not knowing why they went. She goes, no way. We travel with so many great Christian groups going to, on, the, on these trips, I mean, it's possible we, we could have run into him. My husband's a dentist, he does dental work. We, it's amazing, we made that connection. As we keep talking, um, it comes up, She's, what group were you traveling with? She asked, and, oh, I'm Seventh-day Adventist, and oh my goodness, she said, Seventh-day Adventists are such nice people. And I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And she said, there's so many awesome Seventh-day Adventists we've worked with and had such great interactions with. I'm, uh, That's awesome. That's awesome. As we finished talking, I'm just like, man, this was such a great find <laughs> in so many ways. And I go, hey, I hadn't even gotten her name. And um, Natalie is her name. And I said, can I pray with you? can I pray pray for your journey and all the things you've got going on? And she's like, yes, please. She grabs my hands tight and we stand there and we pray and she hugs me and she says, God bless you and all that you do. I'll be praying for you. You know, and I said, I'm gonna be praying for you too, sister. Never met the woman in my life. And God was like, bloop, here you go. All because I was... I had learned from past experiences that if you pick up on the tiny nuances, which she didn't leave any tiny nuances. She was saying things like, man, I love playing racquetball with my buddy at the rec center, and I really hope that I can find someone like him over there where we're moving. And so I prayed for that. And I was like, God, this was so you. This interaction with this woman was so you. And and so that fueled the fire for what we're talking about today. And it made me think about the definition of wisdom. The definition of wisdom, as you'll see on the screen, is that wisdom is putting into practice experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter three. And we've been on this wonderful journey through Proverbs. Proverbs chapter three, and today we're going to be reading verse 13 through 15. Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs, that lovely book that's almost right smack dab in the middle of the Bible. Chapter three, I'm starting with verse 13, and the first thing it says is, blessed is the one who, what? What's the word there? Finds wisdom, and the one who does what? You guys there? The one who gets understanding. So blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Now, my whole life, I was like, well, why are these words separate? Why would, I mean, my whole life I thought wisdom was somebody who had understanding. It was just, they went together, right? And as I started digging deeper into this study, I was like, wow, they, they are actually Two separate things that go hand in hand. And God has an important meaning behind putting the two together. So uh, the definition for understanding is already having insight. So wisdom, you're like, okay, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. But understanding is like, I know I'm gonna do that. Right? So you you have insight and you already have good judgment so you have an understanding about something. And to kind of break it down and make it a little bit more simple for us as we go through this today, I came up with a couple different paraphrases for wisdom and understanding. So you could say that wisdom is consistently applying good judgment based on your experience. Does that make sense? So for example, I have a two-year-old boy and I have learned, my wisdom has grown. <laughs> in this, well, in so many ways with children. But my wisdom has grown knowing that, okay, my little guy does not do well if I let him watch anything or put a screen in front of him before nap time. I notice that even if I let him watch a show first thing in the morning, or, you know, like, he's, you know he loves Elmo, so he's singing Elmo or whatever. If I let him watch that, When nap time rolls around at noon, he doesn't want to sleep. So, wisdom, I think about that. So I say, let's play instead. Let's play. It's so much fun. We have these hours together to play. Let's play. Now, understanding, on the other hand, is knowing your motivation and the intrinsic benefits of exercising good judgment. So I realized that putting a screen in front of my little guy isn't good for him. And I realized that he needs a nap for him and for me. Because, man, he's a happy kid when he gets one. And, and so I realized, hey, let's, this motivates me, right? This motivates me to avoid screens at all costs so he can get a nap. It's important. So learning and motivation. A couple of really good examples of this in the Bible Starting, are starting with Saul. I was looking at the life of Saul and his transformation into becoming Paul is like a perfect way to see wisdom and understanding in action or not. And here he is, this guy. He knows his stuff, right? He's got like a double doctorate in religion. He's really, really smart. And he thinks he's doing a good thing. He thinks he's smart by eradicating these heretics called Christians because he thinks what he's doing is right based off of his wisdom, but his understanding was skewed. He was always committed in everything he did. So on the outside, if you look at him, I mean, we read the Bible and we're like, wow, that's a bad guy. But everyone around him respected him and loved him and saw him as a good guy. Saul had to go through a literal blinding realization that his understanding was not where it needed to be. And once that light bulb came on, he grasped and he grasped the truth of who Jesus really was and what his ministry was on earth. He was like, whoa, that's the truth. That, that man was the Messiah. And let me tell you, I I feel like in understanding this guy Saul and that he knew God. I mean he knew he understood God and he understood his character. So once he finally figured out that Jesus was the Messiah, I think swapping out his motivations, changing his understanding of who he was was not hard for him. His perspective could switch pretty easily. So now Paul, he would now Paul, right? He changes in even his name changes. God's like, I don't want to just change your heart. I'm going to change your whole identity. And he goes and he proclaims a message throughout the world. Now looking back in Proverbs 3, a key verse that we quote a lot, verse 5. You guys could probably even say it by heart. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what's the second part? Lean not on your own understanding. So don't lean, so in other words, don't rely on what you think you know. Don't rely on what you think you know, what you think you have an understanding of, until you really see the wisdom of God put in your life and apply that kind of understanding. So this is why it's so key for wisdom and understanding to go hand in hand, to have that relationship. So Paul, he starts, he has He's, he begins to have this deep understanding of Jesus in his own life. And you know what amazes me? Is that he never even met him. He wasn't, he wasn't with Jesus, but he was really, really close to that time, right? I actually had to look back like, did he ever have any? No, he didn't actually have any interactions with Jesus. He just put Jesus in such a place where he was completely in his heart, He took him into his heart, having never met him. Now, on the contrary, a bit of a sad story. So, on the other side of the coin, I thought about Judas. I thought about Judas, who was there. He was there, and he was in the prime of Jesus' ministry. He was exposed to this embodiment of good judgment and love. But he didn't allow Jesus to soften his heart. He saw the miracles. Can you, can you imagine being Judas and you standing there and you're like, oh man, that guy, I've seen that guy every day on the street. He's been crippled every, as long as I've walked through here. And Jesus heals him right in front of Judas. How can you not believe? How can you not have a heart that softened when you see that kind of thing from Jesus? He saw how Jesus interacted with people every day. But Judas, he was a guy who always had a a contingency plan. He had a backup plan. He's like, well, he was physically present, but he was committed to his own selfish motivations. James chapter one, verses five through eight. You can read in your Bibles or see on the screen there. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, the story of Judas gives us a hard look at how we can make good judgments with terrible motivation. Because nobody can argue with you that it's not a good idea, right? It's not a good idea to follow Jesus. But Judas did. He chose to leave everything and follow Jesus just like all the other disciples. So his motivations were there. He's, or sorry, his, um, his good judgment was there but his motivations were wrong. There were so many opportunities for him to learn, but his selfishness blocked that from happening. Can you see how his understanding was skewed of who God truly was and what he came for? He might have had wisdom about who he thought God was, but his understanding was wrong. He was a true believer in Jesus, but he couldn't get over himself. Now, I want you to imagine for a minute if Judas was all in. If he was all in and he's like, I am yours, Jesus. He was a really smart guy. The disciples were the ones who were like, Jesus, check this guy out. I think he should be part of our 12. He's a leader. He's organized. He's a good speaker. Can you imagine what someone like that could have done for the cause? How many more people would have come to Christ at Pentecost? Man. How many more, how many more would you be giving their lives? In your Bibles, turn to verse 27 of this chapter, chapter 3 in Proverbs. I hope you're keeping your finger there. Chapter 27, this one like stuck out really, really strong to me as I was going through this verse, these verses. Chapter um, 3, verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. When it is in your power to do it. I, uh, I started doing a literature evangelism when I was 15. And I was really scared of people. I was scared to go door to door. I was scared about selling things, selling books. And I was like, can I just give them away? Like, is that okay? And they're like, no, because there's a lot that goes with it. I mean, people see value in what they buy and, you know, there's like, there's really, these are really good books. And it wasn't until I started diving into those books, books like uh, The Desire of Ages, Christ Object Lessons, Steps to Christ, all these books that I had kinda like skimmed over a little bit growing up, learning in church. But as I started diving into them and, and really seeing a deeper view of who Jesus was, I was like, oh my goodness, I need everyone to have these books. They are so good. And selling them was a secondary thing, but I felt like God was using this to allow me to crack open my shyness and talk to strangers because I was so excited about what I had. It wasn't about, um, you know, to me, at first, I mean, I was just like, it was really terrifying. <laughs> but as I got more and more experiences of learning about people and that we're all the same, really, <laughs> I realized that it wasn't so scary to come up to a stranger. So it started out like we would practice with each other, talking about the the books and you know, doing our thing, and then we would practice in front of the group, which is kind of scary. You know, and, and then we would go door to door and talk to complete strangers. And it got easier and easier. And when people were mean, I would be like, okay, bye, have a nice day. After a while, it's took, you know. Because, but it took experiencing it, right? It took taking a step forward and being like, okay, it's worth a try. It's worth giving something good to those that is due. Because I have the power to give it. Now, it's, it's really easy when you're excited about something, right? Come on, we do this every single day. And all of you, I mean, I, I started out by talking about we find workout equipment. It's not the only thing that I get excited about. We, are, we love bargains. How many of you love a bargain? Come on. We love a, we love a sale. We love a bargain. And like, like, I went to Costco one day, and I saw this big box of school chips that were actually healthy chips. So, you know. And they were like, $5 a box. So I told all my friends. I was like, you guys need to go to Costco and get that box of chips because they had a lot of them and they're only $5 and you know how much those t- boxes usually cost they're like $15 to $20. It's worth it. Go get them. Oh, you don't have a membership? I got you. Just pay me back. Cuz I was so excited. I you know, and you guys, I know you do that. Have you been on that hike right up the hill? It's so beautiful. All of you who have done 14ers, I know you guys talk about it. I still haven't done it yet, so I'll have to come with you sometime. But it's, it's something that we get excited about when we're passionate about something. And so it's the same way when we allow God to fill our hearts, when we take time to study in his word, and as we learn new things, we share a little bit and we get more excited and we share a little bit more. But um, there's a really beautiful quote that I wanted to share with you guys. Auntie Ellen says in Manuscripts 24 from 1887. She says, a soul filled with the love of Jesus lends to the words, the manners, the looks, hope, courage, and serenity. It reveals the spirit of Christ. It breathes a love which will be reflected. It awakens a desire for a better life. Souls ready to faint are strengthened. Those struggling against temptation will be fortified and comforted. The words, the expression, the manners throw out a bright ray of sunshine and leave behind them a clear path toward heaven, the source of all light every one of us has opportunities of helping others. The expression of the countenance is itself a mirror of the life within. That was very, that, that hit me close by the way. Jesus desires that he shall become, we shall become like himself, filled with tender sympathy, exerting a ministry of love in the small duties of life the small duties of life. It's all in the little things, my friends. There's something amazing that happens when we embody that kind of love, isn't there? Many of us hold back because we've been hurt or rejected. Wisdom is like, I don't know, we've been through this before. A second try doesn't seem that smart. Right? Remember, you were home and you were crying. It didn't feel good. Or, Maybe you're a type of person who's like overanalyzing all the time. And you're asking yourself questions as you're looking at the people and like, if I strike up a conversation, will I say something wrong? What if I sound dumb? Like what if it doesn't come out right and they just look at me like, what is wrong with you? Right? Or maybe they don't have time for me. Maybe they already have their homies. They already have their people. So why should I even try? Have you ever tried looking at every situation through the lens of the other person? Instead of this process, where we get stuck in the loop. Or maybe thought, it's not our place to get offended because we don't know the whole story. Maybe somebody gives you a bad look but you don't know that they've just found out that somebody close to them passed away. And they don't, to, they don't know how to share it except for a look of anger, like, why are you trying to talk to me? God is looking for us to be the bright ray of sunshine. The bright ray of sunshine so that people can find a path to him. He's not asking you to be a laser pointer to point out everybody's faults. Now, it's really tricky in church right? This is a hard place. Because here we are, this group of people, we're from different backgrounds. We have a lot of different ways that we were raised, grown up, you know, and uh, with all sorts of ideas of how life should be, how church should run, or how individuals should just behave. And we're all under one roof, acting like we like each other. (laughs) But not to mention there's also various ages, there's races, and there's styles and families and personalities, but we're all expected to just get along. We're all expected to just get along, but it's pretty tricky. But this is where the heavenly wisdom and understanding are so beautiful. When we allow Christ to come into our hearts and live there. So wisdom, I, I found out who Jesus is. Understanding, I want him to be with me always. He's the one who motivates all of my actions. When we allow Christ to come into our hearts and live there, the differences don't matter. We realize that the way we treat one another is reflected in our love for God, and that after all, we are his creation, his personal masterpieces, and in that, we are all the same. Amen? None of us are different. And all of us were worth every single ounce that was spilled on the cross. So that's a pretty darn awesome thing to have in common. So why is it so scary to just say hello to someone? To go up to a stranger? Why is it scary? We're going to give it a test run today in church, this place that's safe. And what I want you to do is a little fun activity. And I want you to look at the persons next to you, and I want you to introduce yourself. Now, before you do that, it can't be someone you rode with. So if that means reaching across the aisle or in front or behind or whatever you need to do, this exercise is important. Now, the next thing I want you to do, I want you to introduce yourself by saying, hi, my name is, and say your name. I notice that when I do this with people that it actually helps to break down a barrier because they're not like, oh no, I have to ask them their name now. Okay, can we give it a try? You guys at home can try it with the people in your living room. I like what I'm seeing out there. (laughs) Oh man. All right guys, how did it go? Somebody shout out how they felt when somebody introduced themselves. How did it go? Good? Was it scary? It's okay if it was a little scary. Sometimes it's scary if you've never done it before. Like I said, when I first started trying to meet people, I was terrified. At church, when I was a little kid, you guys probably wouldn't believe this, but I would hide behind my mom's skirts. And my older sister was the one who had all the friends, so I just tagged along with her. That well, worked, you know. So it feels good, doesn't it? It feels so good. And you guys, if you, even if you did it to somebody you know, this was a good practice, wasn't it? It's good to have practice in an environment where you feel safe. How many people come here week to week craving a connection like that? How many? How many people come here week to week hoping for a friend? I know that there are many who come through all these doors and they've got these heavy burdens on their backs because I've been that person. You come through those doors and you put on a smile, but you're like, gosh, I'm what a week I've had. It's been rough. You come with these heavy burdens and you're barely being able to take that step in front of you and you plaster that smile and things look good because we're in church. But you don't realize that maybe the person who come in the door and they're the ones carrying the burden, you look over and you smile at them. The smile that you gave them might just be the thing to carry them through that day. Okay, I can take another step. That guy just smiled at me and it made me feel really good. Imagine if you go beyond the smile. Imagine if you actually thrive or if you try to make a friendship connection with these people. How much further is it gonna carry them? And maybe you don't even realize that your burden that you're carrying and their burden that they're carrying are the same. And that by connecting with one another, you can carry your burdens together. And therefore, it's light. We don't know unless we try, right? And let me tell you what, I I mean, I may make it look like it's easy, but I've had my share of pain and rejection, too. It was all about learning through those experiences that it's not about me. We get stuck in that box like, they they weren't nice. I don't wanna do that again. But you know what, it isn't about us. You can move on and try again. Because there might be somebody, like the lady I met yesterday, who you just make an incredible connection with. And you end, or you end up making a lifelong friend. I saw her for probably four or five days at my daughter's drop-off, just standing there, really sweet, pleasant face, and I was watching her. I was new to the school too, so I, I didn't know anybody, and nobody was coming up to her. She was just standing there, you know, kind of smiling and nodding, and, and uh, so after those couple days, I go up to her and I'm like, hi, my name is Amy, what's your name? And she's, she smiled kind of shyly and told me her name, and that just introducing each other, you know, meeting each other broke down a wall, just saying hi and saying, this is my name. I made it a point every day, I want to talk to her, see what she's about. So I started, every day I would go up to her and, hey, how are you? What's going on, you know? And I asked her the simplest questions that we all can use. You know, you could ask about their family or where they work or, or where, uh, here in Colorado, where'd you move from? <laughs> um, you know. Uh, and, and you figure out a lot of things that you can have in common or you can work off of. It doesn't take an expert to do that. It just takes giving a little go, right? So we found out that, man, we had a lot in common. We cared about our families deeply. We, we cared about cooking. We love cooking. We love food. That's a big one. We love eating, right? We love food. That was a huge connection we made. And we found out that our spirituality, even though she wasn't even the same religion as me, was something that was deeply important to both of us. And let me tell you what, this girl, she has become such a good friend. We have the deepest conversations and she has shared with me spiritual insights that have blessed my life and I've opened the Bible to her and that has blessed her life. And we've both accepted each other's point of view in love. So after we had been friends for a little while, she shared something with me. She said, you know what, I've been walking my son to school since he was in preschool and he's in second grade. I've been walking my son to school every time and I stand there and people will pass and smile, sometimes they'll wave, but you were the first person who ever came to introduce yourself and show an interest in being my friend. And when she told me, it completely broke my heart. This woman's been standing there for three years and nobody even came up to say, hi, what's your name? Or here's my name? Nothing. Three years, standing there, smiling. She didn't have a mean face. Wasn't like she was, you know, a gangster. She was waiting for that kind of connection. And we didn't realize that God would bring us together and make us lifelong friends because of that simple thing. Going back to Proverbs. Proverbs, chapter three, verse 13 through 15. You know, if I hadn't learned from my past experiences that meeting someone new, no matter the outcome, was worth the risk of trying then I wouldn't have made that lifelong connection with my new friend, with my friend. And she's such an amazing person. So looking into that, going back to that first verse in Proverbs chapter three, verse 13, it says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain for her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare to her. So when you start practicing this formula in your own life of allowing God to penetrate you with his wisdom and understanding that these gifts that he's given from heaven, I guarantee you will see a difference. Learn from Judas, Don't let selfishness hold you back from the blessings that God has to give to you and through you, because you're pretty darn awesome. Learn from Paul. Set your mind on Christ and seek truth by getting a better understanding of who God is in your life. So it started with one person today that you met here. Now, as you go through this coming week, no matter how old you are, young, old, small, big, it doesn't matter who you are, I don't care who you are, open your Bible, spend some time with Jesus, gain some wisdom, get your motivations right on why you even want to share him with other people. And then I tell you what, he will blow your mind. All you have to do is say, hi, my name is, God bless you.